Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Did you have a warrant for your arrest for the murder of William Lowe, who was the gas station attendant? But you're wrong. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ruff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your Friday follow-up episode for Season 7, Episode 10, Corroboration. In this week's episode, Mike and I made a trip to Bloomington, and it was for a very specific purpose. We have spent the first nine weeks of this season and our time researching the case before we started, just gathering information and hearing different people explain their views on what happened. And and one of the people, and it's not just him, there's several, and we're going to go through them more as we move on, but have made all these claims about Jamie. I've, I've heard from, there, were, there was actually another podcast someone did where they had someone from the Bloomington area uh, talking about how Jamie is, you know, he was not a family man and he was a, I've heard he was a drug addict and he was, he was in the, hanging out in these bars and doing all that. Well, then I'm speaking to Jamie and Jamie's telling me that's not true. He he owns his past. He owns his fact that he was a burglar earlier in life, and that he was he was in a lot of trouble. But he says by the by the time 1991 rolls around, he'd settled down. So we have two conflicting versions of events, and we kind of framed it around Bill or Willie Jesse's statement to police, where he says that Jamie was saying all these things in the scuttlebutt and the windjammer, and 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 saying all these things about Bill Little and about the murder. And Jamie's telling me, I don't know who this guy is, and I've never met Bill Little, and I wasn't hanging out in bars at that time. So at that point, we, I'm not going to just make a judgment call. As you guys heard me say to Danny Hartley when I was speaking with him, when Mike and I were sitting with him at the park, I don't believe anyone. I can't. I can't do this job and believe anyone. So we hit the road, and we tried to track some people down to get some insight to figure out who's telling the truth, number one, and number two. So as we move forward with the investigation and we're looking at these other witness statements and a case built mostly on hearsay, I need to know where Jamie was and what he was doing at that time. And that was the purpose of the trip. We heard from Danny Hartley. We heard from Danny Hendricks. And we heard from the bartender or the former bartender, April Bird, through her her messages to us. And it generated a few questions from all of you. So let's go ahead and get right into that. And well, before I do that, I guess let me, I introduce, uh, I'm here, of course, with my my co-host and producer extraordinaire, Mike Bussing. Hello. And of course, our other co-host and co-host extraordinaire, host of the Made Us podcast, Zach Weaver. Hey, guys. All right, now we can get started. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications. And that's why yesterday I knew that you did it. 
But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I've got some questions here, but before we get into that, uh, the hot topic on social media this week was the discussion about police being able to lie during interrogations. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, I would I would like to have kind of a roundtable with you guys about it because so I made last week the statement that that police are allowed to lie during an interview or interrogation, and I said that. I think that they should be. I, I don't want that taken away. And it was kind of a short form blip that I put out there. There is some reason behind it, but I, I've really thought a lot more about it. And I've read a lot of people on the, if you're not on the fan page, the Truth and Justice podcast fan page on Facebook, you should be. There's tons of discussion happening there. And there's some great threads going on about that specific topic. And I'd like to elaborate on it a little bit more. And I guess I start by, Zach, what do you think? You know, as far as the lying, I don't know if I agree necessarily as far as lying, but I do get what you're saying. And I I think maybe you didn't word it as well as you could have that maybe you don't necessarily agree that they should be able to lie. Well, to make clear, I'm not backtracking from what I said. I, I, I do think it's a slippery slope, but I do think that they should be able to lie or bend the truth at least during interrogation. And that's that's a hard thing to say. For someone who studies wrongful convictions, Mm -hmm. because as many people have pointed out, and they're 100% right, and that's why I'm really torn on the issue. I still keep landing there, but I'm super torn on it because it it absolutely results in false confessions and false convictions. Well, and see where I lay on it isn't necessarily the actual lying. I don't like the lying part. I'm all about the verbiage, and I feel like that's, that's where this becomes a slippery slope is because if you're using proper verbiage, you're not lying. Mm-hmm. That that instance you put up was why would they have your fingerprints? Right. That's not lying. They're right. not saying I have your fingerprints. But why would they be there? But you know, but hypothetical. Hypothetically, why would they be there? Mm-hmm. So you think the same result can be achieved in that interrogation that way through verbiage as opposed to just straight up lying? Like the same exact. Granted, I haven't worked outcomes. on this as much, but that's yeah. my opinion. Would be like as long as the verbiage is okay. I don't like the mm. straight lying, saying you know anything like that, but. But saying those hypothetical questions, you don't necessarily have to say, hypothetically, why would this? But if you're saying, why would You're posing this? it a certain way. Yes. But, so this is where, because I 100% agree with you, and I, do, I, I don't like it, and, and I, I feel kind of icky even saying it, to be honest with you. I'm mean, just to be completely transparent with you. It, for me to say, I think they should be able to lie, makes me feel icky. But this is why I land there. Answer me this. Your two boys, Maddox and Sagan. Go missing. Mm-hmm. Someone has taken them. And the police have a suspect who they think is responsible and knows where they're at. They bring him into an interrogation room. Do you want them to be able to figure out where your boy's at by any means necessary? Yes. That's, that's my problem. 100%. Right there. Because most of the time when the police are interviewing a suspect, they're trying to solve a crime. Yeah. They're trying to stop a crime. They're trying to protect people. And there's a lot of crooked and corrupt cops out there, too. But there's also a hell of a lot of damn good cops out there that are honest people and are trying to do their job right. And I just I, 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 ask, I oppose it to you in that way mm-hmm. as, as your, your family member. 
But that's exactly how I, when I said I put a lot, I did a lot of self reflecting and thought about this a whole lot over the last couple of weeks. And I thought, what if one of my kids was missing? Yeah. Well, that's a good way to look at it. That's a tough way to look at it. Right. Would I want a Supreme Court ruling to say that the police can't lie? Yeah. Because, you know, there could be things. You could be interviewing them and say, as if I was just, is it, I don't know if either of you guys have watched the new season of The Ranch. No. No. Great show, I think, on Netflix if you like comedies. But there, there was a scene in there that reminded me of it I was just watching last night where, I, I don't want to spoil that scene for anybody that is, hasn't watched it yet. So I'll, I'll just, as an example, someone comes in and you tell, and they're like, nope, I had nothing to do with it. I don't know where they're at. You know, I, I, I don't know what happened, anything like that. I was nowhere in the area. I was over here. And I tell them, well, there was a trail camera in the woods by this pond where these, whatever the crime is, right? So okay. say it's a murder and there's a body there and it's time stamped, and I have photos of you walking through the woods. Now, and that's a lie. Say that's a hundred percent lie. Okay. But for me doing it, because remember I studied interrogation and interview tactics first on the law enforcement side. Okay. As, as a fire investigator, but it's still the same job for me to try to draw out the truth from you. And I've also been taught a lot through that training and, and lots since then by Jim Clemente, who's a very close friend of mine, on how to, to read body language and assess behavior and to ask challenging questions to see how someone reacts to it. So if I said that to you, what I'm looking for is how are you going to react? I have a picture of you. You're telling me you're over here. I have a trail camera picture of you, a hunting camera picture of you walking through those woods at the time they went missing. Explain that to me. Okay. And what I'm looking for is if you're going to say, bullshit, that's impossible. Yeah. Or are you going to be like, oh, well, I was, you know, I, I was, I, I was out. I forgot. Yeah, I did. I went out to go to, to whatever, go to the bathroom in the woods or what you start, you start coming in with excuses. And I start, now I've put you in the woods and now, so th- there's, there's a, there's a value to it. Okay. I think on the law enforcement side, but, but there's also, if you do, if you did that same thing through someone who is too young potentially cognitively impaired. There are a whole list of reasons that that could be problematic. And that same person who maybe was where they said they were. Mm-hmm. But when I tell them I have trail camera pictures of them in the woods at the time of the murder, they're inherently people want to say whatever they think you want them to say, especially in high stress situations. They might confess to being in the woods when they weren't. And that's the problem of it. Yeah, that, it's a hard situation because there is no black or white. I mean, it's a very vast area of gray you know i mean there's, mm-hmm. no, there's no black or white in this situation right that it should be or it shouldn't be because like you said there are instances where it's helpful but then there's instances where you could draw that false confession and it's not going to be helpful at all and it you noted earlier i mean it's probably more helpful than it isn't and the times when the false confessions happen is is rare but but one's enough to make a one's stop. enough yeah i agree right and and i think maybe the Looking at, I guess, the law, uh, I think that we can really fine tune it. You know, uh, a certain investigation has to meet certain requirements. You are 100% right. And that was exactly where I was going with this. Yeah. Is that this problem, in my opinion, gets remedied by. So in the UK, for example, first of all, you can't lie to people in the UK. Right. And really quick while we're on that, I was wondering, like, does this, does this fall under like, Undercover police officers too. Like you can't lie to people, in the, is, or is it strictly in interrogation mode? Well, well, it doesn't it doesn't matter because the the Supreme Court ruling is that they can lie. I mean, I mean, in the UK. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. We have a lot of UK listeners, so maybe someone can answer that question. Yeah, because it seems like it would blanket that too, and then they can't have you know 
undercover police officers. Right. Which is that, that I don't like that idea. Right. You know? So yeah, how do you get it? But, but the thing about the, in the UK that I do like for sure is they actually have a, a checklist they have to go through after every interrogation, especially after a confession where someone goes and reviews. It's a statement analysis afterwards before they figure out if they can use it. Mm-hmm. So say, say I'm interrogating you, Zach, and, and I go through all of my steps and get, finally you break down and you confess. A third party then takes the transcripts of that and they put it through a checklist. So did looking for things like, did you give me information I didn't already know? Mm-hmm. So, so for those of you that know the West Memphis 3 case, think about Jesse Miss Kelly. You know, well, he's, he's, he knew where the boys were. He knew this and he knew how they were tied and blah, 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 blah. That's what the police say. But when you listen and the source of all of that information was the detectives. They said it first. They were by a creek, right? Yeah. And they're telling you, well, he said they were by a creek. How would he know that? Well, so th- there's a person that would go through and and see if that information, where it came from, where it was sourced. Did it come from the person or did it come from the police? And I think if we added that step, it would solve a lot of problems with false confessions. And if we re- record video and tape record every interview, mm-hmm. and, and it's 2019. These right now uh, for the Patreon people that are watching the video, this camera that's on Zach right now, which pretty clear view, clearer than we would ever see years ago. Yeah, it's a hundred and twenty nine dollar camera. Okay, so but the government agencies can afford to put one of those cameras in every single interrogation room. Yeah, and and storage. It used to be tapes and and cassettes and things like that, and they can only store them so much. That has a micro SD card in it that'll hold one hundred and twenty eight gigs of video. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of room to be able to do this. So. I think if we videotape all, inter- even the pre-interviews, every time someone steps into an interrogation room, and then we have a statement analysis afterwards, and then anything they tell you has to be corroborated, and that's kind of what you were getting at, Mike, it has to be corroborated by actual evidence. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. So if somebody tells me, well, I was here, here, and here, okay, well, can you corroborate that? Did that actually happen, or is it just something they said? Just like the jailhouse snitches against Jamie, and all these people are saying this. Okay, well, they're saying, you can't, how do you prove I did? How do you prove you didn't confess to someone? Yeah. You know, how do you prove you didn't do something? It's impossible to prove a negative. But that's that's where I'm at with it. I, 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 Mike, what do you, just in general, what do, you, what do you think about the idea of the police lying? Probably the unpopular opinion as it stands right now, I'm okay with it. But I think that, as we just discussed, more can be done to enhance its effectiveness, I guess. And to check, there needs to be a check and balance. Yeah, right, absolutely. I think so. For me, a perfect world, and I think this is doable, because like I said, if, if a family member of mine was victimized by someone in any way, I don't want to handcuff the police officers from catching the person responsible for it. But I also don't want them to get the wrong person. And, and, and I think that being able to lie, to be in, in, in order to be able to to measure response from a suspect, I think it's a critical part of interviewing anyone and any suspect. But I think that if we can, what we can do is we should be legislating on the back end of that to where we, we add in those checks and balances with the statement analysis and all evidence must be corroborated. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. 
Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Sandy says, if Denny's gang was dealing in cocaine, would he know of any other drug dealers that they would be competing with? If the killing was drug-related, then the Northsiders could be involved. What are your thoughts? I think that he would definitely know you know, who the competitors were and who might be involved in it. And it's something I talked to Denny about, but it doesn't sound like there's a drug connection to me. What was your take? We sat down face-to-face with Danny Hartley for about an hour, and he told us some uncomfortable things, sometimes when the, the microphones were off. But I genuinely, I feel like he was being very genuine in telling us the truth about Bill. I mean, what'd you think? I agree, and I think that what Danny had to tell us really will defend against what people might think Denny has to do with things in in the sense that we got a little bit more of the type of character Bill had and the type of things he might get involved with. I actually kind of, from some of the stuff Danny was saying, could put myself uh, in Bill's shoes as far as like how good or bad of a a person you are, Uh I guess. As a kid, I got in a little bit of trouble and maybe, you know, didn't always do things the right way. And I, I, I don't know, I could really relate with the type of person he was. And I don't think that, I don't think that drugs played a very big role in his life. No, me neither. Especially not the cocaine because, right. you know, Danny, Danny told us, cause I asked him, I said, because I knew we were talking to Denny and I kind of knew some of that connection with the Northsiders. I didn't know Denny specifically, but I knew that the Northsiders were involved with dealing cocaine. And Danny said, no, Bill, you know, he said he, th- he thinks that Bill tried cocaine once and didn't like it and just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a random police report that said they heard but then when you go back and, li- and read them, it's just like everything else in this case. They heard that Bill was doing cocaine and this could be an uh, issue over drugs, whereas Danny Hartley says, no, Bill was not into, into cocaine at all. He would smoke a little weed. He didn't really drink much. He, right. he would drink a little, but not much. His only vice really was, was, was marijuana, and it sounded like he didn't even do that that much. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think there's any... I can't see how there could be a connection there. I, I think this is much more, the more I'm speaking to people and reading some of those reports and hearing from Danny, I think it's much more personal than that. I th- and I think, Zach, it was you towards the beginning of the season that, that, that said, you know, it, you know, it could have been some, a jilted lover or something like that. Yeah, and I'm still not even 100% sure that he was fully the intended target. The, the more right. and more we listen to things, I'm not saying that, that it wasn't personal with him when it came down to it, right. but I don't think necessarily that he was even supposed to be the target that night yeah i'm really curious as we dig a little deeper and people are really starting to come out of the woodwork Mm -hmm. now with tips and things to get that that part figured out because i'm still having a hard time imagining why if he wasn't the target why they go ahead and kill him and danny said something really smart and i don't remember if it was on tape or not because we had the mics off a couple of times but you know he said if someone was there to kill me and they ended up killing bill instead then why am i still alive yeah no, it makes sense. You know, if he's, he's like, if that was, if that was the deal, if, if, if they were that, that ruthless, 
that not only would they were they there to kill him, but they killed another innocent person that wasn't him, then why wouldn't they have then followed through with their plan at that point and killed Danny and it never happened? Well, it's funny you say that because when he said that, I, I like wrote it off. Just, really? be, just because of the fact that, let's say that person was going after him, killed the wrong person, he's still a murderer. That's enough probably to scare him off and not, you know, make him not want to kill somebody else again. It could it, be. It, it, does that make sense? Like, it doesn't want to commit two murders. It does, as as my dad loves to quote the old Clint Eastwood line that it, it's a hell of a thing killing a man, <laughs> <laughs> which you know it, we always joke about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It's a it's a it's an inside joke, but but in this case, like it's, it's the reality of it. Whereas, and I think maybe this is what, what you're getting at, where like what, this guy was gonna be gonna kill Danny and was planning to do it, and then he shot Bill, and then after he did it, realized what a big deal that right. was and yeah. how much it affected him and didn't want to kill anymore. So that, that's that's possible too. Yeah. The other way I looked at it was that it, was, it could have been more like, well, I've done it now. Now I've got one under my belt. And so I'm not I'm not as apprehensive about the next one. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is is you could be more on Mike's point is, is he could have done it and went, oh shit, I got away with it. Like, I don't want to test my luck a second time. Right. right. To try to get away with it. But I, going back to the original point of this is I, I agree that I don't think it's, drug related right like it's definitely something a little more personal mm-hmm. whether he is the intended target or not it's definitely something more personal and and we might get to it but you know we talked about those the kids from the other town that had some issues with them yeah there's a lot there well i need i need to dig into that more because that yeah you know, it was uh tammy found that that police report and gave it to me and i, I was reading it was like what the hell like the, the, well there was that there that was the one where it was that ryan kibler guy i think it was mm-hmm. That, that was dating Danny's ex and that Bill called him. But then then Danny made a good point. He's like, no, he, how would he have his we, – we, we think in, in 2019. Yeah. Super easy to find somebody's number. Uh, you have the internet and, and cell phones. People had landlines. I mean, I guess – well, then again, there is another side of that too. Back then, you could just flip open a phone book. True. And find somebody's phone number. Right. But, but he says that Bill was threatening that guy. And then we couple that with the guy calling in and saying – what I think said that, you know, I want to talk to Jenny because her boyfriend just died. You know, so I, I think that's, that's that's a huge one. Yeah. I, mean, I really want to get to the bottom of that one. Mm-hmm. Like, who was that? <laughs> right. So I'm going to try to reach out to, I'm going to try to find and reach out to this Ryan Kibler guy. You know, and that's how this investigation works, as we, any investigation. is. We're just trying to, you know, we're, we're, we're treading on new ground here because the police only ever looked for Jamie Snow. And, you know, if it wasn't him, it was somebody else. So we, you know, we just, we, we find a little lead like that. We get a name and mm-hmm. then we reach out and we see where that leads us. You know, and the the three brothers, that's an interesting, you know, they kind of came up with that they had a issue with them, but they, no one knows their name and no one knows anything about them. Right. And, and, and when we caught the tail end of that, so we had shut the mics off because Danny was talking to us about something else. And then uh, we kind of got back into the flow of the conversation and he had mentioned there was these these three brothers that had come to the gas station and started some shit. They didn't do anything, but they were talking a bunch of shit. Yeah. Um, but he couldn't remember really the, the the date and time when that happened, and um, he couldn't remember their names. But I, I kind of hit record again mid that conversation. But so there's there's a lot of leads to track down there. But as far as a drug connection, I I just don't think there is one. All right, Robin wants to know how did Jamie know Danny's mom? Well, I don't I don't know that Jamie did know Danny's mom. So I'm not sure exactly where that comes from, but there is there is some connection here to between Jamie and Danny Hartley. So Danny had said that you know the the crime that Jamie went to 
jail for to prison for for three years. That it, that it was it was because Jamie and Stretch Mark McGowan burglarized Danny's dad Duke's house. Sort of true, not quite. A um, couple things. One, Danny referring to Duke as his dad is Duke was Danny's foster dad. So he 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 lived in. It sounds like most of his teen years. I don't know, maybe his whole a lot more than that. I don't know a whole lot. But I know that he lived in it was a, it was a foster home. So Danny's parents were his foster parents. So Duke is not his. And, and, and I think it sounds like to me Danny re- considered him his dad. So I don't want to say not his real dad because with adoption and fostering and things like that, like you know, there's there's more to parenting than blood. Not biological, right? Not his biological father. But also, I found out that it, it wasn't actually Duke's house. It was a friend of Duke's house. And there was a group of them together that that then tracked down Mark McGowan and beat him up, and then they they went to jail for that. So that's kind of the connection there to Danny is is that. But that was when Danny was you know in the early early years, and I don't even know if he was living with them at that time. Mm-hmm. You know when when that happened or not. I don't know that. And and then he he mentioned a little bit. You heard him say maybe you know the only way he could know Bill. Because he said Bill was never in the bars. None of that stuff was true. I mean, he said, and Danny's a guy who has believed very strongly for all these years that Jamie did this. That's why he confronted Jamie. Okay. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I feel like, I I think, I'll say this. I think Danny's come around to the idea that maybe it wasn't Jamie. I can't say that he thinks he's innocent, but I think he's he's, he's open to the possibility that maybe it wasn't him. Uh, But for a guy that thinks that that he did it, he said, I don't know. I don't think that Bill ever knew Jamie. He definitely wasn't in the bars. All that stuff Bill Jesse said is bullshit. It, it, as far as he knows, it, it didn't happen. But you heard him say that maybe Jamie would have seen Bill when he came over to pick up his brother, Danny's brother. So Danny had a brother named Skinner who passed away. You heard him mention that. Um, Skinner was a Northsider. So was Mark McGowan. And he's, Mark McGowan has been to the house to pick up Skinner. When uh, Bill might have been, I mean, that, that's a, that's the closest he can come that maybe stretch came to pick up Skinner and maybe Bill was there when that happened. And maybe Jamie was riding with stretch when that happened. Yeah. And that's so far fetched. I'm not saying that that didn't happen, but to be able to remember any of that, to say that, that I knew who that person was from that is, no. is so far stretched because I can't tell you how many times I've gone to friend's house and their siblings, their younger siblings have friends over. I don't know who their friends are. Right. I couldn't point them out to you again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So th- that's, you know, that's where we're at on that. That is the, that's the only connection there might be is maybe he saw him when he pulled up. But then again, Danny, and it was his house, doesn't know if Jamie was ever there. So the, the, the thought that Bill might have noticed that just doesn't seem likely. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Karen wants to know if you can talk to Jennifer Zine. She says Tammy Snow said her sister's child was celebrating their first Easter, too. Does Tammy Snow's sister have any photos of that Easter? Also, were Tammy's parents interviewed about Jamie's Easter Day alibi? Okay, so there's three different things here, just so you're, everybody's clear. Those aren't blending together. One is Jennifer Zine. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that I can talk to her, but Danny does know where her parents live. So on her next trip, I think I'm going to try to go speak with them and see if I can speak with her. So that will be um, hopefully coming up soon. The next one was, does Tammy have photos of that Easter? Uh, she did find some photos. She actually returned to the grand jury the next day, but the picture she had, Jamie wasn't in the pictures that she had. So it, so it didn't, it didn't help him out at all. And then her third point was, were Tammy's parents interviewed about Jamie's alibi and Easter? They were. And essentially her parents told the police that, look, he was, he was with us, that you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. Jamie didn't do this. They blew him off. And it sounds like in this case, whenever the police heard something that, that didn't fit their theory, they just shut it out and moved on to the next thing. Lene wants to know, would you be able to wear the type of leather jacket described over a cast? She says, I kind of think the arms would be too tight. Most definitely not. You couldn't. Those type of motorcycle jackets are way too tight to be able to fit a, a cast into. All right. That's all we have for questions. All right. But before I let you go, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about George Powell's case. There have been some developments and, and things are moving quickly. Uh, so we're recording this on Wednesday, so things may have changed by Friday. First of all, thank you to all of you who donated to the GoFundMe. Uh, and if you haven't yet, please, please go to GoFundMe.com slash George Home. Uh, George definitely needs some help, and he needs help in, in more ways than we initially thought. So this is where we're at with things. His conviction was thrown out due to prosecutorial misconduct. You all knew that. The prosecutors put on a witness who presented false testimony. They gave the guy a deal. He testified that he didn't. And there's a lot of evidence that indicates that George is absolutely innocent. I believe 100% that he's absolutely innocent. We were hoping yesterday, which was Tuesday of this week, George was going home. Mike Ware, the executive director of the Innocence Project of Texas, was requesting that George be let out on a signature bond while he awaits trial, because apparently Bell County wants to try him again, which in my opinion is absolute horseshit that they're even considering doing this. George is absolutely innocent. And I am getting more and more furious with every day watching what these Bell County DAs are doing. So they went into the bond hearing yesterday when George was expecting to go home on a signature bond, meaning he doesn't put any money up. They're just letting him go home on his own recognizance, and then he will go back to court if they, if they do end up trying him again. The DA requested a $500,000 bond, which there's no way that George can even possibly meet that bond. And I, I don't know exactly the inner workings. Essentially, I think it's next week or the week after Mike with the Innocence Project is going to go request that bond be lowered to something reasonable. It's ridiculous to put the bond that high. His conviction was overturned because of prosecutorial misconduct. He's innocent. And the only way that they could convict him is by cheating and lying and, and presenting false evidence. So that's going on. So now George is still sitting in jail right now when he shouldn't be. He should be on the streets awaiting his trial if there's going to be one. 
After that move, Mike Ware gave a press conference. Again, if you go to the Truth and Justice podcast fans page, some people have posted unedited, somebody that was videoing him while he was doing a TV interview. In that, in that interview, he stated just what I told you, but he also said that they actually have leads now that have come in due to the exposure. You know, We've had on our podcast the videos, the YouTube videos of the surveillance footage we put out on our feed on YouTube, and then there was the Exhibit A on Netflix. People have seen those videos, and according to what Mike said, they think they know who did it now. And it was it, it will put send chills down your spine to to hear him say, "I wish we had a district attorney's office that we could trust enough to bring that information to, but they won't do anything with it." So they, it sounds like they're having to hold that back for a trial, so they can present it at trial because they know the DA will squash it and bury it. So that's the kind of people we're dealing with in the Bell County DA's office in South Texas right now. That being said, again, GoFundMe.com slash George Home. Donate whatever you can. That's going to, it, it's supposed to be to help George transition, but he very well may end up needing some of that to help with Bond. He needs our help. And I'm about to play for you a message that George recorded. I don't have him on my phone list anymore because he's got moved around and I had to change providers when we moved. So George wasn't able to, he's not able to call me right now. So, so Jennifer Lopez, one of our listeners who's been communicating with George, recorded that. And so I'm going to play that here to close the episode. Uh, in the meantime, please give to the GoFundMe. George is going to ask you to do something. He's going to ask you to reach out and help him. So I want to give you some information. And this will also be posted on our website, and it'll be posted on our Facebook page. Henry Garza is the DA in Bell County at the Bell County Justice Center. The mailing address there is 1201 Huey Road, Suite 2100, Belton, Texas, 76513. 1201 Huey Road, Suite 2100 in Belton, Texas. The phone number. And call them and let let them know. Let Henry Garza know what you think. The phone number is 254-933-5215. 254-933-5215. That is the phone number for Henry Garza at the DA's office in Bell County, Texas. Let them know what you think about what they're doing. And for God's sakes, if you live in Bell County and you're one of his constituents, go knock on his door and explain to him how you feel about him as a DA. Put this out on social media. Share it everywhere. Please go to our YouTube channel and share the surveillance videos because there are people out there that know who did this. And put eyes on this because this has been crooked from the start. And as we've moved forward in this, it's getting worse and worse and worse. They are trying to keep an absolutely innocent man in jail, and we're not going to stand for it. And here's George. Hey, Truth and Justice Army. This is me, George. I just want to say hi. I want to say thank you all for tuning in. You know, for everybody that's caring about my situation, I appreciate you guys. I know that, I know that each and every one of you have your own lives, and I appreciate you taking the moments that you take to, to, to give me any of your time, I really, truly appreciate it. Even though there's no way I can show you my appreciation right now other than to tell you. Right now, I'm encased in an impossibility. I'm under a half a million dollar bond. I'm facing something so evil that from where I'm standing, it seems undefeatable. I'm facing an army of district attorneys that does not care about truth or justice. They are committed to deception and injustice. 
And I need each and every one of you. I need each and every one of you to find it within yourselves to join with me. Because I'm in my greatest time of need right now. And I know that you're out there. And I have my family. And I have my lawyers. Mike Ware, Walter Reed, The Innocence Project in Texas. I got Tamara. I've got Jennifer Lopez. I've got Ellen, Victoria, all of us And even with all of you guys, the oppressive state that I'm in right now shields me from knowing in my heart that I have anybody on my side. Because that's how dark the situation is. I don't know how in the world it's going to turn around. They want to give me life. They want to try me again. They want to put me back in prison. They want to wear me out. The state of Texas has unlimited resources. And my resources are very limited. And all I'm asking you guys to do is to find it within your heart. To please help me. I don't care if, if it was just emails, if it was just phone calls. Because this is what I have to I need to say this. My vision and my plan is to get out of this situation. My dream, my hope is to overcome and conquer this situation. And it would be nice if I was Superman and I could just say, you know what? None of you can defeat me and know it for sure. But I'm not Superman. I'm just George Powell. Even though I thought I was Superman in all my younger years, I, I found out that I'm not. So I need you guys. I need to know that you're out there right now because I don't have any contact. My ability to make phone calls is very, very limited now. I'm trapped in a cell 24 hours a day. So I'm not going to take your time anymore. Take any more of your time. Just please listen to this and hear hear it in my voice. I need you guys. On top of that, thank you, Bob Ruff. Thank you for all your help, okay? I wish I could do something back in return for you guys, each and every one of you, to show you my appreciation, to show you that I'm true to this cause of truth and justice. One day I will be able to. And you just watch. But we're going to change the world. Okay? So I, I've got to say goodbye. So thank you guys for listening. Please let me know you're there. Thank you. Bye. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Mike Bussing is our executive producer, and all music for the show is created and composed by PutThemInASong.com. Our Friday Follow-Up logo was created by Amanda Meyer with Willow Photo and Design. And all of our font across all of our logos and banners was created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. I want to thank Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, TruthAndJusticePod.com, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our transcription team, Natalie Alicia, Pamela Westby, Pam Maples, and Jen Reese in Candela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. 
To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels on Patreon that include access to behind-the-scenes videos of the tapings of our Friday follow-up episodes, ad-free versions of all of our episodes, Truth and Justice Army t-shirts and hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support the show by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website. Just click on the Case Submissions button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in the investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. And for all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter. The show's handle is at truthjusticepod, and my personal Twitter handle is at bobruftruth. And you can also connect with Mike, at mbussing89. For more personal interactions, feel free to follow me on Instagram, at truthjusticepod. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. And I'm Mike Bussing. And this has been Truth and Justice. Zach, Mike and I are a little crooked. It needs to go up on the right a little. Which right? Oh, God. You're, towards you needs to go up. No, the other way. It, yeah. That, uh, you grab the frame it's on and Shh. tweak that a little. Right? That's wrong. No, that was right. That was right. Oh, that's right there. A little more. A little more. And then twist it because it's at an angle towards Mike. God damn it, Zach. You were f***ing this up. So- <laughs> what is you now you've zoomed it out. You've <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hold Let on, me get up. Gotta- That's not the zoom. <laughs> Stop touching the camera. God damn it. You know, you know what we should have? We should have got a solid background. It's like magic for the people that are just listening. You guys see how the sausage is made. We've got to find a different analogy. Yeah, I don't right, like that analogy. I mean, he uses it all the time. I'm like, God. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. Go right ahead. Oops. You're terrible at this. <laughs> it's my first. It's my. It's my first time making a podcast. <laughs> you see, I got you broke every rule in a half a second. The Ford Ranger, a vehicle for all terrains and every passion. It's a workmate, a playmate, and to its drivers, a soulmate. So how do you improve the Ford Ranger? You go all in. The all-new Ford Ranger, the UK's best-selling pickup. Now available with rear bumper steps, tailgate workbench, and enlarged load box that can fit a Euro pallet. Go break it in. Search all-new Ford Ranger. Ford Pro, driving productivity. According to SMMT data, features may be optional extras with additional cost. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.